Welcome to the Pro Football Network betting podcast for a week five edition. We're going to break down all Sunday action from London all the way to the Sunday night football game in San Francisco. I'm your co-host, David Behrman, Chief Content Officer of Pro Football Network. Joined alongside my partners in crime, Director of Betting, Brian Lewis, and Fantasy and Betting Analyst, Kyle Soppy. Gentlemen, welcome to another week of NFL betting. Yeah, can't believe we're already in. Uh, Thanks, happy to be here. Can't believe we're already in week five. I feel like every year we always do. Can't believe it's week five. Wow, it's week six already. Oh my God, it's week seven. Every week, we just got to say like how fast the season goes by. I mean, that's what happens when you have a 18-week schedule. It's not an entire year like Major League Baseball or a year and a half like the NBA always is. It's 18 weeks in and out, and and then we go. We already uh, have the Thursday night game, and now we have a complete Sunday slate, and we're going to start in London where for the second straight week we have a game over there, but this one promises to be a little bit better than last week's Falcons versus Jaguars. As this week we have the Jags and the Bills. Bills laying five and a half, total around 48 and I actually noticed that the line dropped to five the bills are favored by five total 48 stubborn you brian you got anything cooking on this one yeah one of the first bets i locked in for the week was a team total under for the jaguars at 21 and a half i did the team total under sometimes as opposed to the game total because with the bills you never know with this juggernaut offense they have but their defense has been as impressive so far this season they're really up there with the browns the cowboys and 49ers having the best defenses in football and anyone's paid attention to Jaguars in recent weeks knows that their offense has been struggling relative to expectations. Kyle's expectations, too, from the preseason and mine as well. <laughs> Both of us are really high this Jaguars team going into the year. But they put up, they did put up 23 points last week, but just 300 yards of offense. And a lot of those points were because of turnovers of Desmond Ritter. They did have the pick six. And even though they have the advantage of being in London all week, I'm still not buying this Jags offense just yet, especially in this spot. Kyle, you're a card-carrying member of the Trevor Lawrence fan club, and I think you were promoted to vice president in the offseason. What is your take on Lawrence, the Jags, and their chances in London against the Bills this week? Yeah, people are hopping off the bandwagon. I'm still driving it, man. We're still going strong. I'm not slowing down. No stop signs, no yellow lights, no I'm not off completely. All gas here for the Jags. It's off this week. You just you it's like whatever the equivalent of dipping a toe in is you're dipping a toe out of is that how this is going I, exactly. I'm still in on this offense I mean you've got Travis Etienne starting to get worked into this offense I think they can keep it close and if they keep it close Calvin Ridley I know we said this last week I'm going back to the well taking his over on receiving yards right now at 59 and a half and I'm gonna ladder it all the way up to 90 like I will take my chances on Calvin Ridley finally exploding as a wide receiver one in this offense. No Tredavious White. That's going to open things up. We saw it the last six games. The Bills played without White. They've given up an average of just over seven catches and 115 yards to the other team's top targeted receiver. Maybe Ridley gets there, maybe he doesn't, but I think he goes over 59 and a half rather easily. So what you've seen in this first game, Mr. Sophie gave a couple of props, and then Brian gave a side total prop of Jags under, which could be the play here because – Remember, it's more than just the regular side and total. This is a Bills team that has put up 41 points per game the last three weeks since losing on Monday Night Football to the Jets. So it's hard to bet this total, knowing the Bills are capable of getting to it all by yourself. So Brian's isolating the Jags. You remember all the lines and numbers we give you are from DraftKings and FanDuel. You can go to our website, pfnbetting.com, and if you want to convert and open an account, feel free to go there and do that. We move on to a nice AFC North battle. It feels like every single week on this program, we have an AFC North 
battle to talk about. Here it's the Baltimore Ravens coming off a win last week on the road in Pittsburgh, giving four, total 38. You normally don't find the road team favored in this matchup, but the Steelers have been particularly bad recently. Um, I'll start by saying I like the under here. I know 38 is a low number to begin with, and people usually try to stay away from betting unders when it's that low, and I've had success. I've, I've taken a number 41 or lower each of the last two weeks and had no problem with it. When when you have bad offense, you have bad offense. The last five meetings between these two teams have gone under the total, while 13 of the last 20 have gone under the total, and 39 is the highest we've seen either one of these teams, com- any one of the last five games between these two teams combined for, and none of that included a Steelers offense that is woefully bad right now. Four offensive touchdowns in four games. Two of them have been miscovered 70-yard touchdowns. So I'm going to be on the under. Kyle, what do you think in this game? Yeah, I, I'm with you here with the trends trending toward the under. That kind of keeps me here. If I'm going to play a total, it would probably be the Steelers under in the first half. We know that they're potentially working with a new quarterback. We don't know the status of Kenny Pickett at this moment. Whether it's a banged-up Pickett or Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think they can really get rolling against this Ravens offense. But I'm I'm siding with the Ravens. Like I, I just we have MVP tickets on Lamar. He's looking better. Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, give them enough passing options. I think to exploit this aggressive Pittsburgh defense, they're going to bring the heat. And Todd Munkin likes him getting the ball out early and fast. Zay Flowers can make a few plays. So if I'm betting the side, it, I'd lay the points with the four. Like you said, it's a little scary in a low-scoring game, but that's a that's the angle I would go with Baltimore on the road in the spot. Brian? Yeah, I mean, Kyle makes a great point. I mean, this Ravens team has obviously looked a lot better than the Steelers so far this season. But of all rivalries in the NFL, this is the one where I'd be most afraid to back a road favorite. According to Evan Abrams at Action Network, the underdog has covered 11 straight games in this rivalry, which is pretty insane. And not too surprised when you realize, when you think about the rivalry between these two teams, these two coaches, these two defenses historically. And we don't know if Kenny Pickett's playing in this one. But I would almost prefer Trubisky if we get the extra half point at four and a half. But for now, I'm going to stay away from the spreads because I can't trust the Steelers team, especially their offense. And I think I would be on the under here. I think it's a safer play. If you're afraid to take the Steelers getting points or the Ravens laying four, that probably means you're like either way. I feel like the, it's going to be a low scoring game. I just never see a lot of offense. These two teams play against each other, especially with how bad the Steelers offense has looked. And, and I always tell people to not be scared of the number. You got to go with what your process is. You got to be go with what you're comfortable with. I mentioned each of the last two weeks, I took an under in Jets Patriots. And I took an under in last week's uh, Browns Ravens game. When, when teams match up against each other and don't score, that doesn't change overnight. It's something I historically have done with all the Air Force, Navy and Army games, all of the Air Force the, the Academy games. I go under no matter what the number is until the point. Obviously, if this was 29, I would think differently. But these two teams just don't score when they play each other. So um, on this podcast every week, we always start with the notable games that we think are key matchups and then go on to the rest of the slate. I guess it's telling when we start in London, then we go to an AFC North battle, and then I jump all the way to Sunday night football with the Cowboys and Niners. We'll tell you what the rest of the 1 o'clock slate actually looks like. Uh, Niners. Laying three and a half at home, total of 45. This is a matchup of two teams that know each other pretty well. They face each other in the playoffs each of the last two years, won by the Niners. Obviously, for those that remember, the 90s were filled with these two teams. 
going back and forth, winning Super Bowls and playing each other in NFC title games. Start with you, Brian. You're closer to it. And the NFC being an Eagles fan, what do you like in this game? Yeah, I'm hoping both teams lose here as an Eagles fan. It's because while we're fighting with the Cowboys for the division and two, maybe the 49ers for the one seed, a little bit of animosity there after the NFC championship game. And if the Eagles do win their game earlier in that day, then maybe they could be the last undefeated team remaining. But this is a really tough one for me. Because neither of these teams have really been tested so far this season as dominant they, they, as both of them have looked in their wins. But they both have really big mismatches going for them in this one. Let's start with the 49ers. In, P, in our offensive line rankings at ProFootballNetwork.com, the 49ers rank 26. Meanwhile, they're going against a Cowboys pass rush. has been number one in pass rush win rate so far this season. Obviously led by Michael Parsons, defense player of the year favorite. But on the other side, this Cowboys rush defense can't stop anybody in the ground. And who worse to go up against a Christian McCaffrey? So it's kind of like playing with, which mismatch is worse in this one. But for now, with the Cowboys getting the hook at three and a half by the lead one way, I feel like that's the, that's a layup almost. But it's a little worrisome that the spread hasn't gone down, down at all from three and a half. Kyle, your thoughts on this one? I just don't like – I'm not buying this Cowboys offense. If it's Tony Pollard and the Tony Pollard show, great. I'm just not sure it can be against San Fran, who's pacing for a third straight season, allowing under four yards per carry. That's one of the best rates in the league this year and has been every single year. So if you tell me Dak Prescott has to beat the 49ers, like, no thank you. His yards per completion dip down, down, down as we've gone throughout the years, under nine and a half this season. I just don't think he offers enough upside. And if the 49ers are scoring on the other side, that puts pressure on Prescott. So I'm on the Cowboys team total under, and I've, I'm considering a ticket at 17-1 to 1 for them to be the lowest scoring team on the Sunday slate over there at FanDuel. It's possible they don't threaten at all. And if they're pressed and if they're pushing that turnovers, all that stuff, there's too much risk to back the Cowboys in my opinion. So it's Niners or nothing on the spread, but I'm targeting the total and everything anti-Cowboys when it comes to scoring. Yeah, this was a tough one for me because I uh, not with not much um, not much luck. I have faded the Niners often the last couple of years, not believing in them. Obviously, that has not really worked as they seem to be the best team in football. I did have the Cardinals plus the big number last week, which should have covered if not for a late Niners touchdown and a late drop in the end zone by a player I will not name because he's on my bad list. Um, but I, I do like the Niners here. Um, we give you a lot of advice on this podcast. Um, Different ways to bet games, sides, totals, uh, player props, um, isolating team totals. In this one, I'm going to do what the betting community would be about 50-50 coin flip on their thoughts on is I'm going to buy down a half a point and take the Niners minus three. It's going to cost you 24 cents. The best one I found was at Bet Rivers, uh, minus 124 to get Niners down to that, that key number of three. I'd say half the people in the betting community would say that's a good move, and half would say you're giving up all your value by paying 24 cents for the hook, to get rid of the hook there. I just like the Niners in this one and don't really want to lay three and a half because it's a magic number there, crossing over three to Brian's point, which is why he's taking the Cowboys with the hook. Um, I don't believe in the Cowboys' offense at all at this point, and I, I don't trust them. So I will be laying the three, buying it down a little bit there for the 24 cents. Yeah, I think you guys make a good point this Cowboys' offense, and – if there's any offense that's the most trustworthy in the NFL right now, besides the Bills, it would be the 49ers versus this Cowboys offense really hasn't been tested. 
pretty much at all this season when they have they have it hasn't looked good and maybe they do miss Kellen Moore so it's not a strong play for me at the moment it's just that's basically the tiebreaker is taking the hook but I agree with your guys' logic for sure Moving on to the rest of the Sunday slate, uh, we go down to Miami where the Dolphins coming off their first loss of the season in Buffalo are hosting the New York Giants off that horrific showing on Monday night versus Seattle. And a lot of the betting is what have you done for me lately and instant reactions. But in this case, you have two teams coming off of bad losses, one being much worse than the other. Dolphins laying 10 and a half uh, total now sitting at 48 and a half hosting the Giants. Um, not much to like here when it comes to New York Giants. And, you know, people would be like, well, do you, do you lay the 10, 10 and a half, 11? That's a big number. Um, I actually threw it on Twitter last week at halftime of the Giant game. When I found out from Brian, it opened at nine and a half. And everybody asked if that was the halftime line. <laughs> so um, not much love out there. One person even said I forgot it added zero at the end of that one. Um, but where the public is totally on one side of laying 10 and a half that always smells fishy. I have a fun way to play this that I'll get to in a minute, but Kyle, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm not playing it. I can't lay this kind of number, I, but I also can't back the Giants, so I'm going to stay away from totals, anything in that respect. If you want a prop, because I'm the fantasy guy and you're coming to me for that kind of thing, Darren Waller over 40 and a half receiving yards would be my option. He's stop, the only pass stop, catcher. Stop, stop, I, stop, if I have stop, to, if I have did, to, that's where that I'm going. Monday night and I actually had to check. I was at the game and I had to check I know. to was, see if he was even on the playing. Yeah, I know. See if he was even playing. He got two late catches for him. He gets the three catches. I He's the only guy you could trust even – he's not – listen – if they're behind the entire game and Daniel Jones throws the ball 35 times, you're telling me Darren Waller can't get 41 yards? They were behind the entire if I have, game on Monday night. And Daniel yeah, Jones well, had yeah, thrown the ball 35 times. And he didn't throw it to Darren Waller. <laughs> I, I'm going to go that route if I have to play. Like I said, I'm not putting real money on this game. You come to me for the props. I'm looking at Darren Waller if I have to pick one just because all the Dolphins numbers are a little too high for my blood right now. So that, that's where I would go if push came to shove. Brian, what was the slack message I sent you on my way to the game the other night? What was it? I don't even remember. I said, what was Soppy's SGP? Oh, yeah. I forgot, and I couldn't look it up in the car, and you told me, and I said, Waller, yuck. And you said, well, yeah. I kind of like it. Maybe he's due, and I'm like, all right. You were right. Now, I was wrong. I'll give you that. It, 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 that wasn't the reason why we all lost, but the Darren Waller angle made me think ahead of time we lost. Now, Kyle has hit one, <laughs> one SGP after another this year, so no complaints there, but the Darren Waller was immediately – that's fair. I mean, you're not wrong. The Dolphin defense is soft, so Waller could do that. But I'm more concerned about the fact that in order to get the ball to the tight end, you have to have more than a half a second to get the ball to the tight end. <laughs> Brian, what are your thoughts also on this? Fair. While you're talking to the Giants whisperer here at uh, Pro Football Network, going three for three on all Giants player props on Monday night and hitting my SGP on those player <laughs> props as well. Oh, you yeah, you didn't use Darren Waller. No, no, my other one without Darren Waller. No. <laughs> not not Kyle's, but Kyle's had a much better SGP record so far this season than me for sure, too. But you got to be a real sicko to bet the Giants or Darren Waller in this one. I mean, right now, they're basically begging you to take the Giants with getting it up to 10.5 or 11, depending on the sports book. But really, for me, it depends on Saquon Barkley here. If he does play this week, I think it would be a huge boost for this Giants offense because, quite frankly, they look really lost with him. And if any running back wants to have an argument about their value and contract talks, Saquon Barkley could bring these giant stats and add them to the table with uh, and with whoever team is negotiating with in the offseason. But once we get some clarity on that, I'll lean towards the over here because of how good this Dolphins offense is. And 
this might be the worst defense the Giants have gone up against so far this season. And they're definitely capable of putting up some points in garbage time. But the spreads is way too much for me because I know the Dolphins could beat up on any opponent. So as we've said before, we give out advice, picks, and discuss different ways to bet games. And I've gone on record on this program and on other programs as I, I'm not a fan of teasers. I don't like teasing games. It's called a tease for a reason. But there is one specific type of teaser that I will take. And that's if you can move two games through two key numbers for six points. And the Dolphins fit into that, where if it's 10 and a half, you can move it down to four and a half, passing through 10 and seven, which is a key number. And then you go find another game that does the same thing that we'll get to in a few minutes. But I like the Texans, plus two, move that through three and seven, gets you to eight. And you can tease the Dolphins and the Texans, Dolphins four and a half, Texans plus eight. We'll get to the Texans game in a minute. That's how I'm going to play the Dolphins game. Real quick, you, you brought up teaser legs, and I forgot to mention it earlier. Steelers, easiest teaser leg of the week to get up to 10 or 10 and a half if it gets to four and a half. Just don't know if there's ever been a Steelers-Ravens game where there's been at least a 10-point uh, margin of victory. Especially with the total being 38, yeah. that's screaming to take it. So I'm going to tease the Dolphins down from 10 and a half to four and a half through the two key numbers. You can match it up with the Texans. You can match it up with the Steelers. As Brian said, getting through seven and 10. Um, those are the ways. The only time I play a teaser, if you can get through two of the key numbers of three, seven or 10, there's a couple of ones out there this week. You have to like them both, obviously to do that. Not in the mood of laying 10 and a half and 11, but if you're going to tell me the dolphins can't win that game by more than five, I would be surprised. Moving on another big number, which you could also tease if you shall feel the need lions laying 10 44 and a half versus the carolina winless carolina panthers brian your thoughts on this one yeah not many strong thoughts on this one i mean the panthers offense has been dreadful with bryce young under center that was one of my most confident unders of the season at seven and a half and was basically a fade of this carolina panthers offense but they've been far worse than even i expected but and they're only averaging, I think, I believe 13.3 points per game with Bryce Young under center. And going against a Lions defense, it's been a lot better than I expected going into the season, a lot better than we gave them credit for. Not we as in the three of us, we as in a lot of football fans through the first three weeks of the season. They're, I believe, top 10 in uh, DVOA defensively right now, which is really impressive considering how bad they were last year. But there's some injury news for them. Amon Ross St. Brown and Brian Branch each have been practicing this week, so... And that makes it a little cons- concerned in taking them such a large number. But for now, it's really a pass for me. If anything, I'll take the under as a fate of the Panthers offense. Sapi, your thoughts? You mentioned the teaser angle earlier. If I was going to tease this game, I think I'd be more likely to tease it down than I would up. But if I'm playing this game, I- I'm not comfortable laying a big number in a spot like this. But Detroit, I mean, they've been a juggernaut at home. We're talking over 30 points a game at home since the beginning of last season. So if I'm playing this, give me the first quarter over total points. We're looking at seven and a half points. I need two scores, basically. A touchdown one way, a field goal the other would work. I think they can scheme up something to make Bryce Young look competent. Give me three points. That's all I'm asking for. Completed 78% of his passes last week against another NFC North team. I'm not saying he's a 78% completion guy moving forward, but I do think he can move the ball enough early with the game script in hand and the playbook kind of laid out for him. So if we're going to trust golf at home because you're crazy if you don't, he gets a touchdown in the first quarter, Panthers get a field goal, or maybe two scores for the Lions. Either way, I'm going over 7.5 points in the first quarter. Sapi doing the entire play-by-play of that game. 
giving you a first quarter line. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, moving on to the previously mentioned Texans. They're in Atlanta. Atlanta's laying two. 41 is the total. Um, I think, me personally, I think this Texans team is a little bit better than people think they are. Uh, they've hung around a bunch of games this year. C.J. Stroud actually looks pretty darn good. Uh, Atlanta started 2-0. and We all thought it was a fraudulent 2-0. and Now you look at it, they've gotten blown out of the water the last two weeks. Playing the rare Sunday after London with no bye week in between. You don't see it that often, uh, but the Falcons are doing that with no rest. Also feel like the Texans are not giving the credit that they deserve. Falcons 13 total points since their 2-0 and start. I'll be taking the Texans plus two. I also, as previously noted, will be taking the Texans plus eight with the Dolphins in that teaser. And I might even throw the Texans into a couple of money line parlays if I find two other games that we'll talk about later on that we like. Kyle, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm with you here. It's got Texans. I'll, I don't even need the two points. I'll take the money line and get my plus money that way. I mean, they're they're capable of moving the ball. We know C.J. Stroud is being developed on the fly here through the air, which I like to see from a you know a organizational standpoint. And I think it's working. Stroud looks okay. Nico Collins, very very solid wide receiver. One Tank Dell takes top off of defenses. Damian Pierce hasn't been able to get going. Not that I expect that to happen. But I'll take it money line because I don't think Atlanta's capable of blowing anybody out. So Houston, at the worst case, is in this game late. Stroud, I'll take over Ritter. So if you give, you're giving me the better quarterback and plus money in a game that I think is going to be close, worst case. If this game goes sideways one way, it's Houston in a big way, not Atlanta. So give me Houston on the money line, plus 105 over there at DraftKings right now. Brian, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm surprised you guys aren't scared at all by Desmond Ritter being undefeated at home in his football career. I mean, that has to come to end eventually, though. Yeah. And with how he's looked, this could easily be the week. But I've gone really back and forth on this one. My initial play was Texans were a no-brainer in this spot, just how good CJ Stroud has looked and how bad Desmond Ritter has been. But this, may be, this could be a buy low on the Falcons. I mean, they lost two games in a row, both away from Atlanta and They've gone against two top 10 rushing defenses this year versus there's one way to attack the Texans defense. It's on the ground. And this could be a good opportunity to lean more into Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier and take a lot of pressure off of Desmond Ritter. But Ritter has been so bad that I can't really back the Falcons giving points here. I'll be eyeing Bijan Robinson props for this one. And, uh, maybe have my, might give in on the Texans. If I had to lean one way or the other, I still think they would be the play, but I'm just a little bit more, concerned with taking them that I was earlier in the week. So I'm a big stats guy. And I always tell people that the number one thing to figure out when you're handicapping is to filter through the noise. There's lots of stats, lots of information, lots of trends. I put that Desmond Ritter home note in his career up there with the Trevor Lawrence, not losing on Saturday notes. I put that in the noise garbage oh, yeah. of stats totally. that have absolutely no relevance whatsoever to you deciding whether you want to place a bet on Desmond Ritter because he won at home while he was playing peewee ball 10 years ago. Never make a bet because of that. That was more just like they might be so much worse on the road as a team even too, but I was partially joking as well with that comment. Right. It's a good thing that Trevor Lawrence had never lost on a Saturday before and then his game got pushed to Saturday and they were down three touchdowns in the third quarter and it took a Brandon Staley-led Chargers collapse for him to keep his Saturday record intact. Anyhow, moving on, uh, a game with two teams that are really, really, really hard to figure out. In fact, so hard to figure out that the spread is bounced back and forth on both sides of this matchup. And 
Last night when I was taking notes, the Saints were a one-point favorite in New England. And as I look right now on the app, the New England Patriots are a one-point favorite at home versus the Saints. So that line has flipped from one side to the other just overnight. Total has set firm on 40 uh, guys. The, the, the only stat I'm going to even bother with this game is all four Saints games have gone under the total when the only team in the NFL that has done that this year. They have a really good defense, uh, a really struggling offense, and you could say the same team for the team on the other sideline, a really good defense and a really struggling offense. So I would lean towards the under, uh, but it's not really a game I have any interest in. Kyle, your thoughts on this one? I'll, I'll isolate your under feel and just take it with the Patriots. Like the next, Their projected right out, 20 and a half points is the number at most places. It's juiced a little bit, 120, 125. It doesn't scare me. The next time they score 21 points this season will be the first. I don't think it happens against the Saints this week. They have two good quarters this season. We've played four weeks of football. They have two quarters. They've scored 55 points this season. 28 came in two quarters. The other 14 quarters, they have 27 points. This team's not getting to 21, not in my books anyway, against the Saints. So I'll go ahead, lay a little bit of juice, take them under 20 and a half points in this spot. I think Bill Belichick is listening to this podcast and hear those notes. What do you think he'll I say? I hope so. Sure. Fire him up. Get him going. Ryan. Brian, Saints at Patriots. Patriots giving one. What do you think? Yeah, you mentioned how the spreads kind of flipped this week. It's actually, we have a different favorite at DraftKings and FanDuel. Patriots are favorite at DraftKings, and the Saints are favorite at FanDuel. So that really just shows that the odds makers have no idea what to do with this game. And I'm almost in that same boat because the Patriots, all they really had going for them was their defense. And now they've lost Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. But that Saints offensive performance last week was so pathetic. I mean, Avin Kamar had to set a record for fewest yards on 10-plus catches. I'm not even going to back-check it right now. I'm just going to assume that is a record. But uh, it just – could we just got on James Winston last week? I got week? you. Oh, you know it? Okay. But, yeah, just uh, – Yeah, he 13, 13 catches for 33 yards last week for Alvin Kamara. That's 38 fewer yards than anybody else had ever had when they had at least 13 catches in a game. That's even worse than I expected. But that just shows, like, could we have gone into help, like Jameis Winston last week instead of uh, banged up Derek Carr? There's no way he could have been as bad as Derek Carr was, and I don't really know how healthy he is. But if he's at, if he's just better than he was last week, I'll like them here. I mean, Chris Olave basically made a goose egg last week, and he won't have Christian Gonzalez shadowing him here too. And I just don't trust either of these teams right now. But I would lean the Saints just because they're just a healthier team at the moment, even with Derek Carr playing hurt. So no real strong opinions on that game. The line has moved. It's also listed as a different favorite, depending on what book you have, which brings you to the piece of advice that we always like to give you on this show. And I think Brian and I are are the two biggest proponents of shopping, shop, 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 shop. When it comes to lines, may not like grocery shopping or clothes shopping, but when it comes to betting, if you want to win the right money, make sure you get the right line by looking at as many books as you can in Connecticut. We only have two and a half books, but down in the great state of New York, probably have nine. Brian, I lost track of how many you had down there in Maryland. All uh, because when I was standing in front of the in front of the White House, I couldn't bet at all. Um, that was funny when the DraftKings told me they could not locate me. I'm like, I'm literally standing in front of the most popular building on the planet, and you cannot locate me. Anyhow, uh, another small line: Tennessee Titans on the road, giving one and a half at the Indianapolis Colts, and a little bit of a little AFC South battle that will go a long ways towards deciding who comes out of that division. If it's not Jacksonville or surprising Houston, 
the Titans have won the last five meetings of these two teams. Not much else to talk about with this one. It's a, it's a tight one. You should honestly just pick the team that you really think is going to win. I don't trust either one of them. The Colts can look like total garbage one minute, and then Anthony Richardson flips a switch, and they take a game to overtime. And, you know, they, they played, what I believe, two consecutive overtime games in yeah. the Baltimore one and the Rams one. Uh, Tennessee, it's Jekyll or Hyde. One week they look like the worst team in football, and the next week they go out there and crush the Cleveland Browns. Uh, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, this will be the first time this season I'm going to be back in the Titans. I just uh, think they're a better team here than the Colts. The Colts have kind of been overachieving so far this season with their 2-2 two and two record. And this is another one with a favorite flip. The Colts open as a favorite. Now the Titans are short favorites. But if there's one weakness for this Colts defense is their rushing defense. They've allowed 350 yards on the ground over the last two weeks. And now they're getting uh, Derrick Henry against them, who really showed signs of life last week that he still has enough left in the tank. I mean... Every year I do my fantasy drafts, I'm always wondering, is this the year where Derrick Henry finally breaks down? And he's pretty much undestructible, it looks like. And the way to attack this Titans defense is through the air, but I just don't, as high as I am on Anthony Richardson long-term, I don't think he's there right now as a passer to really exploit this Titans pass defense. So give me the Titans at a short number. I know people usually like to back them when they're underdogs, but I'm going to do the rare bet on the Titans and as a favorite as well. Kyle, your thoughts on this close AFC South battle? We're going head to head here, Brian. I'll Uh-oh. take. Give me the Colts here. I kind of got this. I've got this rule when you uh, when you're laying points on the road. You got to be like a top ten quarterback or be going against a bottom ten quarterback. Neither one of those is a situation here. Ryan Tannehill, obviously, we we don't think is any good. And Anthony Richardson, like you guys said, sporadic but talented and built like a machine. So if I have to, if this thing comes down to the wire, I would I. I'm very much looking forward to it because it'll be Anthony Richardson and his ungodly physical tools against Derrick Henry and his ungodly physical tools. So it could be a very exciting game down the stretch. The first 55 minutes might be a little stuck in the mud, but the last five could be fun. Give me the Colts. I think Anthony Richardson, more sustainable as far as getting drives down the field when you need it because of his versatility. He's got a wide receiver one in Michael Pittman to help him move the ball on a consistent rate. I think he's He's not that much different than Justin Fields last season. Not this season, last season. And that's productive, but give him a wide receiver one. So I'll gamble on the upside with the Colts and take him on the money. One thing you have going for you here is that I usually lose fade in the Titans. I usually lose back in the Titans. So <laughs> Okay. I've given up on betting Titans games because I think I'm 0 for 3 in betting Titans games. And they haven't been particularly close. And I was so confident in the Titans a few weeks ago that I used the up 10 promo on them. Um, and I think they scored Ooh, three wait. the whole game, which means you can't be up 10 um moving down to the four o'clock games we'll start with brian's philadelphia eagles on the road giving four and a half 50 and a half at the los angeles rams a rams team that has hung tough the last couple of weeks playing better than anticipated well than most anticipated i do have a over six and a half ticket that i'm happy they're two and two currently uh eagles one of two undefeated teams left the line to me Seems a little low for the Eagles, but they have not played up to the capacity that we think the Eagles can do. They've looked sloppy at times and let teams like Washington hang around. We'll start with you, Brian, since this is your baby. This is your team. Your thoughts here? Yeah, when this line first opened on Sunday night, the over stood out to me as an obvious play. Just because I've been watching the Eagles defense against the commander's offense last week and how the Rams have looked offensively with Matthew Stafford. Per the Ringers Philly special podcast, 
when you compare the Eagles offense offense with their advanced metrics this year to last year, they're almost identical, which is pretty surprising considering how bad they looked in the first two weeks, but they've been really good the last two weeks on offense. And it really depends on Matthew Stafford's health here. I know he had a hip injury at, at the end of the game last week, but he did come back. He's obviously going to play, but it doesn't matter how healthy he is going against his Eagles pass rush, but they could be missing Fletcher Cox this week and the Rams could be getting Cooper Cup back. And anyone's really been paying attention to the Eagles and in the last couple of seasons, you should know that anytime they go against a competent quarterback, they usually get picked apart because they give up everything underneath. They just don't want you to beat. They just don't want to get beat with big passing plays. And this is probably the best quarterback the Eagles have faced all season. And even dating back to the last season, he's probably the second or third best quarterback after Stafford and Dak Prescott, depending how you feel about those guys. So over is about 15 and a half right now. As long as it's below 51 and a half, I think it's a good play. Kyle, are you buying the uh, L.A. Rams hanging around, or do you think this is the day to bet on the Eagles? I think I'm going the Eagles if I have to. I, I, Matthew Stafford, a banged-up version of an old quarterback that can't move, is just scary for me against an Eagles defense that we think is reputable, if not elite. I think they can put a lot of pressure on Stafford and the boys if they're scoring, and that puts him in a tough spot to have to – kind of gunsling and if cup isn't 100 right nakua they've got options there but i don't know this rushing attack isn't as efficient as i would like to see we've seen kyron williams get into the end zone plenty six touchdowns this season but the yards per carry is under four if they can't make this philadelphia defense respect the run i think they could be in some trouble here i'm putting the eagles money line with the rams team total under 23 and a half that gets me plus 112 on DraftKings. so i'll take the plus money that way i hope you win I really hope you win that one. <laughs> there we go. Sapi giving the Eagles you. money line and the uh, what was the set? Uh, Rams team total under as a mini same game parlay. Moving on to another four o'clock game. And guys, I, I look at this last night and couldn't really tell if this was a trap line, a fishy line, or, or what to make of it. You have the Bengals pretty much in a must win situation on the road at the upstart Cardinals, who have played much better than people have anticipated. Bengals are laying anywhere. I've seen it at three, two and a half. It's bounced back and forth with a total 44 and a half. So on one hand, you're talking about laying money on one of the more disappointing teams in football this season, a team that looked beyond putrid last week in their loss to Tennessee. And we don't know the health of Joe Burrow, if it's actually what it should be, or if he's actually more injured than you think versus a Cardinals team that had covered in the first three games of the season, winning one outright versus Dallas hung tough with San Francisco until late we mentioned earlier it was a late cover by San Fran, followed by a Cardinals drop touchdown. In reality, they should be 4-0 against the spread, but are you buying them? So this is a tricky line. I personally think the Cardinals are better than people think, and I'm not buying the Bengals, so I would take the three. I'm also hesitant, but I'm probably going to use the Cardinals in a money line parlay with the Texans, as well as another game we'll talk about in a few minutes. Kyle, what are your thoughts on this one? Bengals minus three at the Cardinals. This one's a no play for me. I I'm on Joe Burrow eventually figuring this out, but after a month of seeing him struggle, I need to see it before I back it. At the same time, I'm not exactly willing to go to the window to bet on Josh Dobbs. So I'm passing on this game really in all, all sets of life here. I, I don't have a good feel for it. And that's part of betting. If you don't have a good feel for something, you don't have to bet it. There's no ticker here that says you have to have a bet per game. So I'm passing on everything related to this game, fantasy, gambling, viewing, everything. 
Brian? Yeah, you guys nailed on the head. This is a fishy line because the Bengals are road favorites and they don't look like they deserve to be giving to be giving points against anybody on the road. And it seems too obvious to fade them here and take the home underdog with how bad they looked. And now they don't have T. Higgins this week, probably. So this is either a pass or what Beerman said, putting the Cardinals money line in a parlay or around Robin from it. Yeah, it's just one of those tricky games where you look at the line and you're like, mm, they're they're really, really, really trying to get you to take the Cardinals. But at the same time, I don't know. It's a tricky one, but I, I lean towards the Cardinals. Our second to last game to talk about, uh, Kansas City Chiefs laying four and a half total, sitting at about 53 on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota coming off their first win of the season, coming back to beat Carolina last week to uh, win the battle of winless teams. Start with you, Brian. Do you trust the Vikings at home or are you buying, uh, buying the Chiefs in the short number? Neither, maybe. Just because it's hard to ever really back the Chiefs on the spread when it's less than a field because you know they're always getting overvalued just because they're Pat- it's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. And if anything, I'll maybe lean towards the over here because these two teams like, obviously could put up a ton of points like in any situation, any matchup. And it might be a little discount there, the Chiefs offense after their week last week, but they put up 17 points in a hurry in the first quarter against a much better Jets defense. And they would have had a much better day offensively. It wasn't for two fluky interceptions from Mahomes. And while they don't look as explosive as they usually do this season, they're still a top five offense by pretty much every advanced metric going against a still rather underwhelming Vikings defense. So a little better than expected. And even though, the Vikings are home underdogs here. You can still never count out their offense for a lot of points. So all of the over of anything, it's at 53, I believe, right now. But don't like either team on the spread here. Kyle, what about you? I'll put the Chiefs in a money line part. Like, I'm going to – I think they win this game. The fashion in which they do it is kind of up in the air. The, are the Vikings any different than the Chargers? Every game they freaking play comes down to the wire. 95-90 in terms of total points scored and allowed this season. Everything's tight with them. And the Chiefs never want to blow anybody out. They get ahead way early. We tried to lose our same game parlay. Luckily, it hang, held on last week. So I'll put the Chiefs money line because I do think they get it done. I trust Mahomes over Cousins when this comes down to it. And we've seen Isaiah Pacheco give this Chiefs offense balance that they haven't had really clarity of in the past. I mean, they've had running backs here and there, but Pacheco, I think, offers a semblance of balance the Chiefs have that the Vikings kind of don't right now. Alexander Madison looks okay, but he's a little inefficient, not as versatile, and not as potent. So I will go I'll, – I'll probably combine them with I'll, – I'll go Chiefs-Niners on a money line parlay, try to get even money somewhere, something like that. The uh, If you want to see a nice team bonding moment was uh, last Sunday night when Pacheco went on his 51-yard touchdown. I know, that was awesome. Kyle Sapi had predicted anytime touchdown, we all had a nice team bonding moment as we were all on it. As the Chiefs, same game parlay, looked like it was golden with a 17-0 lead. And then Mahomes and the Chiefs decided to make us all sweat for a little bit, holding on to that win. And don't forget, it was weird. I had a same game parlay that hit because of Mahomes' slide at the end of the game. I had the alternate under at uh the slide, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's no wonder why we uh we, we did a we did a column on that. That is the second time that Pat Mahomes has either slid or kneeled that has caused millions of dollars to switch. And hands I've been on the right side of both of them. So I'm due for a bad Nothing is going to beat the seven yard kneel at the Super Bowl that changed 
from what was an automatic win drop. with Mahomes yeah. <laughs> over to an under when that was the most popular bet in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, moving on to our last game of the week, and it's our last game of the week for a reason. Uh, this is not a game that will be on many households outside of the greater New York or Denver area, but a battle of two one and three teams. Broncos are, by some reason, laying points one and a half, 43 and a half. Um, I, I guess the way I described it would mean I'm leaning Jets because I said, why would you ever lay points with the Denver Broncos? It's funny, last week, guys, when the Broncos were down three touchdowns to the Bears, I almost tweeted out, for anybody who laid three points on the road with Denver, you need to get your head checked. And Denver came all the way back and <laughs> won by three. But pushed. Um, the two one and three teams, Eileen Jets probably will be the third dog I put in there with the Texans and the Cardinals as a money line parlay to try to get seven, eight to one, boost it a little bit at DraftKings. Kyle, start with you. What do you think about this matchup? I mean, if you're picking a winner in this game, you are throwing darts against a board and you're betting on a bad team to win a game, no matter which side of this you land on. So I'm going under, under 43 and a half right now. You're telling me either one of these teams gets to the mid twenties? Like, no, I don't think so. And I don't think both get to 20. So this is going to be a problem getting to 43 and a half. The one thing the Broncos do well on the defensive end is Patrick Sertan. He can lock up the one option in the pass game the Jets have. That means the Broncos can just focus on the running game, which we're told is going to be Brees Hall in a big way this week. We'll see. Coach speak is what it is. But I just don't see the variety, the big plays to get this game going up tempo. If this is a 3 nothing first quarter, you know, 6-3, to three, nearing halftime, like they can't put up points in bunches. And I don't think either defense is opportunistic enough to turn a mishap into seven points the other way. So give me the under 43.5 points in Broncos Jets this week. Brian, take us home. What do you think in this game? Yeah, this is almost a bet off, but not a direct bet off here. This seems square, buying a little high on the Jets offense after having a competent performance by Zach Wilson on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. But it's the Denver Broncos defense, who has looked by far the worst in the NFL this season. (laughs) And I might be buying the coach speak a little too much here about Brees Hall getting a bit more action, but this is the most, this is the best matchup for Brees Hall possible and to unlock him. I saw this on Twitter from um, I'm blank on who posted it. So apologies to this person, but of all running backs, at least 30 carries so far this season, Brees Hall is number one in yards per carry and Dalvin cook is last in yards per carry. So for this one, I'm going to, I'm not going to necessarily back <laughs> on the spread or the total. Exactly. I'm going to throw, I'm going to do a lot of Brees Hall props, throw them in a same game parlay with the jets team total over a 20 and a half. I think that's really the play here. I can really see Brees Hall having an explosive game this one. And maybe I'm I'm buying a little too high on Zach Wilson here, or maybe he found something last week. We'll find out. I've never seen so much excitement around a quarterback in a losing effort with not great numbers. It was overrated for sure, I guess, because the bar is below the ground. Like people are saying that he outperformed Mahomes. When you look at the numbers beyond the basic stats, Mahomes easily outplayed him, but... From parameter, from from expectation sake, he had a great game. As we wrap up this week five edition of the Pro Football Network Betting Podcast, Mr. Sapi, what's your favorite bet on the entire board? On the entire board, I mean, if we're swinging for the fences, the Cowboys potentially being the lowest scoring team on the slate on Sunday is of interest to me for a few reasons. One, because you can't lose the bet before Sunday Night Football, no matter how it goes. I mean, worst case. They're drawn even if somebody gets shut out. But 
I like that, and I like having an upside pick. If you're looking for strictly money, which one am I most confident in? My money is going to be on the Patriots under 20 and a half points. It's, I just don't see how they get there against a good defense. We'll see. They've had two good quarters. If they have one more good quarter, I could be in trouble. I'll bet against it. Brian, what's your favorite play on the board? Dolphins money line. No, I'm kidding. If you really wanted a lock, you could do Dolphins money line Christian McCaffrey touchdown because McCaffrey scores touchdowns every week now. And oh my God. There's no universe. Well, there is. there could be a universe that Dolphins lose. I don't want to jinx it for you, Beerman, But maybe right now, I think Bijan Robinson get into the end zone. He doesn't. He has one touchdown for the season that came through the air. Has no rushing touchdowns through four weeks. And if you think this game's be a little closer than the last two ones were for the Falcons when they're back at home going against a much worse rushing defense all last two weeks, then Bijan has to have a big day. Thank you for not saying that there's no universe that the Dolphins could lose because the last time you said that the Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals. I'll say that uh, my favorite play- weeks when we play each other on Sunday Night Football. How about that? I think I might not allow you to be on the pod that week. Um, Sunday Night Football coming up, Dolphins and Eagles. Uh, my favorite play is going to be Raven Steelers under. Uh, I, I've done well this year on unders, and not shying away from low unders as well. Um, I just don't see these two teams scoring much, so I'll take the under 38 there. And then I, I, I'm, I'm liking the Jets, Texans, Cardinals money line parlay even more the more I talk about it. So, Hopefully we'll we'll give out a winners here and there. Um, that will wrap it up for the week five edition of Pro Football Network Betting Podcast. Make sure you go to pfnbetting.com for all your analysis. Brian and company have written stuff. Uh, Kyle has his Thursday, Sunday, and Monday same game parlays. We have Kyle also has his betting trends. Brian has picks on every single game, and we'll have our best bets um, on Sunday morning. You can also go to pfnfantasy.com see all of Kyle and his team's work over there on the fantasy side of things. So for Brian Lewis and Kyle Soppy, I'm David Behrman. Good luck this week in betting, and we'll talk to you Monday night.